0: This is Eric Malinowski, glad to bring you another Colgate Raider Report podcast, and I'm very glad to be welcoming in for the first time to the podcast that is Colgate Men's Hockey Head Coach Don Vaughn. Welcome to the Raider Report podcast, Coach. So
1: thanks, Eric. Yeah, first time around for me. Um, I've listened to a couple of the other ones, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Let's talk about last weekend, Coach. Fell down two to one to Princeton on the road. What was the key in coming back and ultimately taking the win?
1: Sticking to the process. I think we've been chasing the game a little bit here in the early going, and you know, finding ourselves down again. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of a concern, but the guys on the bench did a did a remarkable job of just staying the course and continuing to coach each other which is something that we've really tried to, to get more of our guys to do especially our older guys they know what we're trying to accomplish they know our structure and you know so we just stayed the course and um you know some of our better our bigger players stepped up and made big plays and you know you need that uh, i think clearly the night before had a lot to do it as well knowing that we can come back uh like we did on friday against quinnipiac you know just gives your team a lot of confidence when you find yourself down like that so you know, we didn't panic. Uh, we stuck to the process and uh, found a way to put the puck in the back of the net and got a big win on the road.
0: After missing time with injury, Coach John Snodgrass recorded his first goal of the season against the Tigers. How big is it to have him back on the ice?
1: Well, he means so much and so much more than just, you know, the offense that, that he provides. I mean, he creates time and space for his linemates. He sees the ice as well as anyone. He can. He can deliver the puck, uh, you know, to, to his linemates. In in this case, Bobby McMahon, maybe more than anyone. So, you know, he he does so much more than that. He he's um, he's an intense player. He plays with a lot of, uh, of focus and drive, and he holds guys accountable. And uh, you know, in this day and age, I mean, that's a huge asset to have somebody like that that the guys in the locker room respect. And you know, if John Snodgrass is is saying something to you to motivate you to get you going or just you know giving you a pat on the back it means something and you know so he he means a whole lot more to our team than just uh, the offensive numbers that he puts up and we really missed him when he wasn't in the lineup so to have a healthy uh, John Snodgrass back in the lineup is huge for our team
0: What was the difference in a week's time coach in the Quinnipiac games from the one on December 29th to the one where you won on January 4th?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, the, the, the game back at, uh, we played down in Nassau on Long Island, and we were, uh, we were rusty, obviously, but, it, you know, we just didn't manage the puck in that game. Eric. We, we turned the puck over four times, and, I mean, just really bad turnovers that resulted in odd-man rushes and, in a couple of cases, breakaways. So you put a team like that, uh, you know, you, you give us a skilled team like Quinnipiac those kind of opportunities, and, you know, it's going to bite you. And it, it did that night, and we just didn't have, the, you know, the muster to come back in that game. You know, some of it, I think, was the layoff. But, uh, again, we got down so quickly in that one, we weren't able to come back. But, you know, like you said, then the next weekend we find ourselves in a similar situation. The attitude on the bench was different. I think it was almost like, you know what, we've been here before. We're not going to let this happen again. And, I, I, again, I look to guys like Rory McGuire and Kenny Citron and Willie and Brooks and some of our older guys, you know, to just add it, that calming effect on the bench. And, and, you know, we're preaching to the guys to stick to the process. We had a great game plan in place uh, we we just weren't able to get it going early on, and then once we did, and they saw some of the results, we got a big goal on the power play, which made it three one. You could see our whole bench come alive, and they started to believe again. So uh, it was a huge win. I mean, and, and for a lot of reasons, Quinnipiac, you know, the top five team in the country, and to be down like that on the road, uh, you talk a, you know you talk a lot about confidence in this game, and to know that you can come back from a three goal deficit against one of the best teams in the country just says a lot about the you know the group as a whole, but but also gives you hope you know, in moving forward, knowing that if you find yourself in those situations, which you know, you're, you're bound to find yourself in some adversity you know, moving forward, that we have the ability to come back and get a win uh, in those situations.
0: Talking to head hockey coach Don Vaughn on the Raider Report podcast, well-deserved freshman Jeff Stewart named ECAC Hockey Rookie of the Week coach. He had two goals, and talk about clutch goals for such a young player.
1: Yeah, they were two big goals. Obviously, the game went in overtime, and then to put us up three two the next night at Princeton. You know, he just he just comes to the rink every day, or you know, prepared. And uh, it's great to see for a young player like that. He uh, he he doesn't say much, but you know, he he does what he needs to do to get prepared. And uh, he, his compete level is off the charts. Uh, he just continues to get better every day. I mean, he, his best hockey is in front of him for sure. He he has a huge upside and. You know he's continuing to fill out in terms of you know his, phys- his physical being. So, you know we're expecting a lot of great things out of Jack moving forward. But, he you know he just he makes guys around him better because of his compete level, and guys want to play with him, which is great. And, you know we we've given him a regular shift, and he, he he's one of our better penalty killers. But I certainly see moving forward, he's someone that'll also see some power play time. We just didn't want to you know throw too too much at him too early in his career, but. Uh, yeah, he's a good one for sure, and we're fortunate to have him.
0: How has goalie Mitch Benson progressed this year, Coach?
1: You know, obviously, it's you know, it was tough early on. You know, I, I felt bad for our goalies; we just we weren't putting up offensive numbers, and that puts added pressure on a goaltender, and especially for a freshman goaltender. You know, I mean, we we were at, we were we were averaging at a at a clip of a two goals a game, and you know, so obviously that's a lot of added pressure on them. And, and clearly, you know, Benny won a couple of those games. We won some two one games. You know, we beat. You know, we beat New Hampshire, we beat Princeton, but that's a that's a heck of a lot of pressure to put on a goalie, knowing that, you know, you can only really give up one goal if you if the guys in front of you are only going to get two. So, I thought he handled that very well. He's uh, he's a mature guy. He's he's been on championship teams in the past, so he knows what it takes to be a winner, and he knows that on those nights, you know, he's going to have to be the difference. And he's he's embraced that, and he's, you know, I I've been really pleased with his progress. And our goalie coach Neil Conway spends a lot of time with both of our goalies, and. He likes what he sees. He really likes the compete level in both of those guys, and they, you know, they work well together. And again, it just uh, for us to put some goals up in front of Benny. Uh, I think is a huge boost for him too. That uh, he knows the guys can have his back. You know, on some nights like he's had, he's had the rest of them uh, a lot of nights early on. So uh, he's moving forward. We uh, you know, there's a whole lot of more room there for him to grow as a goaltender. Um, and he's going to have his opportunity to do that, so we're we're fortunate there.
0: On to this weekend, Coach. The Riverhawks down, then number two, UMass on the road in a 2-1 victory, so they have to be flying high right now. What concerns do you have over UMass Lowell? They're a heavy
1: team. They're they're very well coached. Norm Bazine is one of the best coaches in the country. His teams will be always prepared. Um, They do some unique things defensively that you don't always see, so that creates a little bit of a challenge, but you know, we've been able to pre-scout that and, and, you know, prepared our guys as best we can going into it. Um, but we'll, we'll need to be prepared to, you know, to push back. I think they'll they'll want to be heavy. They'll want to come at us. Uh, I think it'll be a physical game. You know, we have to continue to do what's, what's made us successful here in the last couple of weeks, and that's keep pushing pucks forward, keep getting pucks up the ice. You know, great support in our own zone. We've had really good luck, uh, you know, escaping our end. I think a lot of that you know, has to do with a couple of really mobile defensemen in Cosgrove and and Austin, but as a group we've supported better defensively. You don't want to be in your end against this team very long and that'll be a key again this weekend is making sure we can escape and get out of our end. And then push pucks up the ice and get them deep. And you know, that's something that we had really good success with last weekend and, and we're gonna have to do the same this weekend.
0: Do you remember anything, Coach, from the 3-2 loss to the Riverhawks back in the 2016 Ledyard Classic in New Hampshire? And do you get anything from that game or too long ago when they are very different? Yeah, no, they're
1: not really that different, Eric. I think uh, their coaching staff has a model and a a structure that has worked for them for a number of years, and uh, it's something that they continue to to, to do. And, you know, yeah, they they, – they push pucks hard. They they they'll they'll stretch guys out through the middle of the rink, and they'll chip pucks into space. So our D have to be prepared to keep the play in front of them. I mean, if you fall asleep at our blue line, they're going to be in behind us quickly. Um, they get five guys back in their own zone, and and uh, do a lot of really neat things in terms of getting pucks out. So we see a lot of fa- the same uh, the same systems and the same structure that they had back in '16 when we played them in, in Dartmouth. So um, yeah, it should be a, it should be a great series. We have a lot of respect for them. And, um, you know, they'll be tough on the road, and of course, they have an assistant coach that knows our team very well, and Giuliano Pagliari recruited half this group, so he knows our team as well as uh, as anybody, so uh, they may have a little inside info there, so we'll have to do some different things, and we're trying to mix some things up a little bit so it's not uh, too too routine that, so that uh, Pags can sort of read the playbook on us.
0: This kicks off a five-game homestand, Coach. So what are the benefits of being at home for two weeks, and are there any perceived drawbacks that uh, the normal fan wouldn't think of?
1: Well, I think this time of year, not as much. I mean, uh, we're not in session right now academically, so you know, it's, it's all hockey right now for our guys, and they're loving every minute of that. You know, we're able to do some extra stuff around the rink, and um, the focus is just all on getting better every day. And you know, They don't have the, you know, the pressures of the academic side of their life hanging over their heads. So you know, when we're home and we're in session, there's, there's some other things, obviously, that come into play. I mean, they've got to go to class. They, they may have exams. You may have papers due, uh, you know. You may have family in town, so those things can certainly, you know, um, weigh on a player's mind, especially the young guys when they haven't quite figured out, you know, the routine and, and making sure they're, you know, they're getting as prepared as they possibly can be. So, I don't see a huge huge issue right now that we're not in session, and I think it's always great to be home and in your own bed, and um, you know, you get into a routine that uh, that you're more familiar with with this sort of. It's sort of more of a Monday you know, through through Thursday atmosphere. So uh, we're looking forward to being home. We love, you know, the 65 Arena, obviously, and coming off a couple of nice wins, we want to keep that momentum moving forward. So we're looking forward to being home for a stretch.
0: What has Coach Dana Borges brought to the staff this year in his return? Yeah, he's
1: a special person and a special coach. Um, first of all, you know, unbelievably driven, has such passion for the game.
0: Um,
1: you know, he's fully committed to the guys. I mean, he's fully committed to making each guy in this team, a better version of himself. I mean, and he'll say that constantly. Like he, he, he'll do anything he can to help each of our guys get better. And, uh, his work ethic is, is through the roof. Um, he watches a, a lot of hockey. And then on top of that, he's, he's a fabulous recruiter. Um, he's a very personable guy. He can connect with, with our young recruits and their parents. And I mean, to me, he's a complete package. And, he works really well with Mike. You know, Mike's got such great passion for Colgate, as, you know, as our all-time leading scorer. He understands what it takes to succeed here, and he can, he can pass some of those things on to Dana as he's out on the road and talking to family. So we're, we're lucky to have him. He's a rising star in the game and someone that's got a bright future in college hockey.
0: Coming up next on the podcast, Rory McGuire. What makes Rory an integral part of this program? I'll
1: tell you what, he's a special person. He is someone that has had to face a lot of adversity here, um things didn't go quite the way we you know we'd all expected early in his career. You know he was in and out of the lineup, and you talk about someone that's just found his niche and found a way to be a huge part of our team. I look at Rory as as another coach. He graphs our uh, graphs our, our our systems and the structure and what we're trying to do better than than many, many players, maybe any player that I've coached. Um, you know he's holding guys accountable on the bench. Um, I mean, I, 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 I rely on Rory a lot for feedback because he has his finger on the pulse of this team and he knows, you know, when guys are on and when they're off and what makes them tick. And He's an unbelievable motivator, a uh, great communicator in his own right. And like I said, it's like having another coach out there. So, um, you know, he's someone that's, that's really special and, um, you know, he's being rewarded for that. He's, he's, he's playing, you know, minutes now. He's playing both defense and, and forward. He was recruited as a defenseman. Uh, he's playing forward at the moment, but last uh, Friday night we needed him to move back on defense, and he did a great job uh, being recruited as a defenseman. So when you can bring those qualities uh, to a team, you're forcing a coach to you know to play you and put you in the lineup, and, and you're playing a huge role in a different role, but one that's so valuable and important, and Rory's found that for us. Uh, I couldn't be happier for Rory because he's stuck with it, but he's been a huge part of, uh, of this team, especially this year. And, and we expect that to continue uh, for the remainder of the season.
0: Coach, as always, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon on the Colgate Raider Report podcast.
1: Great, Eric. Always great to be with you. Thanks for everything you do for Colgate Athletics.
0: That is Colgate men's hockey coach Don Vaughn. Now I'm talking to one of the players for the Colgate Raiders hockey team Rory McGuire and Rory it was just announced that you're an assistant captain for the rest of the season what was your reaction to this news
2: uh, it was pretty exciting to be honest uh obviously you worked so hard your four years here and try and carve out a position for yourself on the team so a bit of a surprise from coach Vaughn but uh one I was very excited about
0: how do you think that a is going to look on that number 13 jersey
2: uh, hopefully it looks good and brings us some uh, some good luck down the stretch here.
0: How is wearing the number thirteen for the Raiders a number that has a lot of meaning at Colgate University?
2: Uh, I think coming in freshman year, uh, you sort of realize right off the bat how important it is, and I think this stretches out to every player on the team. But especially wearing that number or wearing a letter, you have to conduct yourself in the right way and and show yourself on campus. And one thing Coach Vaughn tells everybody, but I think is also particularly important, wearing this number is that carry yourself and conduct yourself like a Colgate men's ice hockey player regardless of of if you're up the hill doing academics downtown whatever you're doing just sort of represent the program well so over my span of four years here I've just tried to focus on representing the team well in the right fashion.
0: What was the difference Rory in the Quinnipiac games how was Colgate able to rebound in less than a week after a 6-0 loss?
2: I think the biggest thing for us is we, we have a bit of a younger group that logs a lot of minutes. And the thing we're starting to realize and hone in on is that everyone on our team has a role and an identity. And I think both individually and as a team, we've sort of created that role and found out what it is. So for us, getting puffed deep, working down there D and, and going to work down low is something that's brought us some success. So hats off, especially to our assistant coaches for the pre-scout. But I think that's just the biggest difference is we have a team of guys who have all bought in now made a few tweaks to our systems and we have a little confidence behind us.
0: Coach Vaughn did say there was a different attitude on the bench for that Quinnipiac win a calming effect that was provided by the older players such as yourself Rory.
2: Yeah I think a big thing here is uh, we've had some ups and downs in our four years and all of our seniors, all five of us believe in this team and we have since the beginning so we just knew that if we could come back and, and tie a few strings together here and have some good shifts and it would bode well for the guys so We just as a group made a commitment to ourselves at the beginning of the year that we're going to do everything we can to keep the guys up and positive and keep the belief. So I think that just comes with sort of your experience of playing for four years.
0: After an emotional win like that, how was the team able to regroup and do it again against a very good Princeton team?
2: I think the biggest thing is we finally remember what it's like to win, uh, especially on the road. So honing in on that feeling, and the coaches did a good job of making sure we enjoyed the win for that half an hour in the dressing room, but as soon as we get on that bus, it's eyes forward to Princeton. So I think by staying calm and realizing the only way we're going to have success is to play that way again, um, by dialing in on that, I think our whole team sort of bought in, and, and that's what allowed us to have that, another good performance against a very good Princeton team.
0: Next five at the Class of 1965 Arena. What is it like playing at the Class of 1965, Rory?
2: It's a pretty amazing space. I mean, uh, I played a year in Star, and it'll always have a soft spot in my heart, but uh, just the facilities here, everything from the training facility to the dressing room to be on ice, it, it just sort of is a testament to how the alumni feel about this school, and everyone on our team feels honored and proud, and it's, it's just exciting to come to such a brand-new rink every day and practice, so I'm excited we got to enjoy it in my four years here.
0: Why did you pick Colgate to play collegiate hockey?
2: I think the biggest two decisions came down for me is um, both the size of the school and academics. Um, a smaller school, you have to really participate in the classroom. Um, and then the culture of the program, after meeting with Coach Vaughn and the assistant coach at the time, I just felt like they really invested in their players and, and treated them as their own. And you hear stories from around the league of guys who don't feel the same way. So I think just for me at least, as soon as I stepped on campus, meeting the coaches and some of the players, I realized the academics and athletics was a good balance here. It would be a great fit for my personality.
0: How did the Kingston Voyagers prepare you for Division One men's hockey?
2: I think the biggest thing with the junior leagues is it gives you a chance to be confident, depending on who your coaches are, I had some good coaches in Kingston, and learn from them about the little differences about the college game um, in terms of just being quicker on pucks, getting off your stick, getting stronger. Um, so I think junior hockey is a good stepping stone, but then again, regardless of where you played before, um, you realize pretty quick when you get here that it's it's a whole step above even what you were expecting.
0: Do you have a favorite team that you follow in the NHL, Rory?
2: I do. Uh, It was a lot of long years there, but I grew up just outside of Toronto, so I've always been a Maple Leafs fan, and after uh, a long time alive, it's it's finally paying off for me, so I'm a diehard Leafs fan.
0: I know you're busy, but have you had time to vote for Morgan Riley to get him into the All-Star game, Rory?
2: I did. I gave him a vote there. I saw it on top uh, of my Instagram feed by NHL.com and, and threw him a
0: vote. And, Rory, another thing, you are very smart, ECAC academic team honors and Raider honor roll multiple times. Such an accomplishment. What has led to this academic success?
2: I think the biggest thing academically, um, I went to an all-boys private school in Aurora called St. Andrews College, and I was lucky enough to spend four years there, and from there I just learned the importance of academics, and honestly the biggest thing I learned is just time management and doing what needs to be done and doing it in an organized manner, so pretty much a little bit of my own hard work, but a lot of what I owe is to uh, St. Andrews College for that.
0: Why economics is a major, Rory?
2: Uh, I'm definitely a quantitative numbers guy. Uh, I like to see the results, so I did a lot of business. Was in a business program at Saint Andrew's College, and from there, talking to some of the teammates, I realized for what I wanted to get into after college, economics would be a good fit for me.
0: And Rory, do you know what you are doing after graduation, or still thinking about it?
2: Uh, yes, unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm hanging up the skates, and I'm going to be joining. Uh, Ernst Young doing consulting in New York City.
0: Congratulations Rory and also congratulations on being named assistant captain for the Colgate men's hockey team. Thank you so much Rory. Best of luck the rest of the way.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Eric.
0: That is Colgate men's hockey player Rory McGuire and now we will turn our attention to hoops. You're listening to the Colgate Raider Report Podcast. This is Ark Malinowski. Glad to be talking Colgate women's basketball and glad to be talking about a victory at the annual Kids' Day game. The Raiders victorious over Lafayette College, 60-49, to 49, joined by one of the stars of the Colgate women's basketball program, Summer King and Summer. It's always a great feeling to play in front of those exuberant kids, but it's got to be an even better feeling. I believe this is the first time you guys took home a victory in front of all those kids
3: yeah it is we've been doing that game every year and it's so much fun the kids they bring so much energy it's awesome to have them and um, it was nice to finally bring home a win I, The last three years, it's it's tough because you want to Play for them and they're, they're, they're so great, they bring you So much energy, so to finally get a win was, was great For us.
0: I know only seven points in the First quarter, but I thought one of the keys Was you guys didn't give up many more Than that, only one to be exact, eight To seven after the first quarter, so What was the key defensively, even Though the offense really wasn't there For you guys in the first quarter, to make sure That Lafayette College didn't get out to a double Digit lead?
3: I think our main focus Was sticking with the scout, what our coaches tell us and being packed in we run a really sometimes confusing defense but the key to it is communicating with each other um, and just being packed in I think we did a good job of executing that and so um, we limited their their baskets
0: and what led to the 26 point second quarter explosion do you think
3: I I mean I think that started on the defensive end Um, coach Cleary he's always emphasizing the fact that if we get stops then We're more likely to get scores and we're a very defensively oriented team and I think being able to get those stops gave us the confidence to score on offense.
0: I know it's early in the Patriot League season but still it's got to feel good with you guys having some rough starts to open up Patriot League play to be two and one right now.
3: Yeah especially after last year when the first time around we didn't beat any Patriot League team we played against, I think this is giving us a lot of confidence in the beginning to say, hey, we have grown so much since the last year and we can be a force to reckon with in the Patriot League.
0: How much of a tone setter was it to beat Holy Cross at the Heart Center a place that has been very tough to grab victories in the past.
3: That was huge. That was really big for us. And, you know, to be down for most of the game and just to keep fighting and keep persisting throughout the game, I think if you look at all of us, we, we all knew like we were winning that game. That was going to be our game. And so to, to come through with it and get that win was huge for us
0: talk about Rachel Thompson. We all know what she does on the court, but what about her gutsiness? After going down a couple times in the Lafayette college game, she came back and answered the bell both times.
3: Rachel's a very interesting player. She is one of the toughest kids I've ever met. She puts the team before herself all the time, and she would do anything to get a win. That's all that's all she cares about, the team and the team culture and winning. And you know, if everyone played like Rachel, then there might be a couple more injuries but you know we would we would go very far. Rachel's very very talented player and she's an amazing teammate.
0: I don't know the last time there's been a Patriot League doubleheader and you guys are doing that this Saturday. Colgate women taking on Navy and then the Colgate men taking on Lehigh good thing bad thing uh what do you think about the doubleheader
3: um I'm interested to see how it goes I think it'll be a good thing you know bring a lot of fans in hopefully and we don't get to see the men play especially in Patriot League we don't get to see them play because we're always opposite so I think it's going to be nice to be able to support each other because you know we go through the same stuff with practices being here over winter break so to be able to support each other um, on Cotterell Court I think will be great
0: and speaking of good crowds, just let's go back to the kids' game very quickly. What kind of energy do those youngsters give to you guys?
3: Oh, they're crazy! They're amazing. I mean, just looking up and seeing them dancing in the stands and cheering, and you know, counting down the clock. It's just it's, it's electric to be able to play in a gym with them. It's it's great.
0: What's it like to be captain of this Colgate women's basketball team?
3: It's great. It's very very rewarding. Um, I think just because Mackenzie and I both look at the team and you know they, everyone just wants to get better and they want to put the team before themselves and I think when you have a group of girls who are willing to do that and are willing to sacrifice for the team, it's very rewarding to say that you helped the lead in that it's very very rewarding for me and I know Mackenzie feels the same way.
0: Do you feel like you are kind of made to be a captain all along or is it something that a player has to work at?
3: I definitely think it's something that you have to work at me and Mackenzie we always talk about that I know I personally i am not very vocal I you know try to lead by example or as I used to but you know coach has really been talking to the two of us about the importance of our presence as vocal leaders on the team and not just you know leaning by example so that's something that we've been working on all year and I think hopefully throughout the season it will continue to get better.
0: What has to happen Summer for you guys to continue to have success in the Patriot League? What do you think are the keys to having the most successful season that you've had to date?
3: If we want to be successful we need to keep working on our defense, keep staying packed in, everything we do and following scout, but also being able to make in-game adjustments. And I think if we can tighten that up and work on that, then we will have a very successful season.
0: Summer, always appreciate Thanks for being on the podcast.
3: Thank you very much.
0: That is Colgate women's basketball star Summer King on the Raider Report podcast. Now we will be talking to Bill Cleary, Head Women's Basketball Coach of Colgate. And what a day at Cotterell Court in Hamilton on Wednesday as the Raiders victorious over Lafayette College, 60-49. to 49. Before we talk about the X's and O's, Coach,
4: let's talk about the unbelievable environment for the annual Kids' Day game. As I said in the post-game, I love this day. It's my favorite day. You know, when uh, Natalie and, and Bridget, they do a fantastic job, their team, of getting all these kids here and packing the Cotterell and, um, uh, you know, as I said, like we felt it. You know, They were a great six person for us today, and uh, they really got our players going. It was awesome. And you even mentioned in the pregame show that even on the road, just to have a kids game, that, that
0: energy is infectious wherever you are. Obviously, you want to be home at Cotterell Court, but it's just a great
4: environment uh, point blank. I'll be honest. Whoever came out with it is genius because it, it really is. I mean, you go on the road for those games too. It's just a lot of fun. You know, you it's. I love the prep for it because you're blaring music during practice because they yeah. got to learn how to speak over the noise. And you know, it's actually good for us because we want them speaking over everything anyway. Yeah. You know, so but it's just a great environment, just a great experience, and it's just so much fun. And you, on a personal note, must be great to have your two boys in attendance. It really is. You know, absolutely love it. Like you said, they get to see us at work. It's fun. They get to see their older sisters play. So that's also fun, too. All
0: right. From an X's and O's standpoint, talk about the first quarter coach. And even though it was 8-7 first quarter, how do you think that first quarter kind of led to the second quarter
4: success? Well, we were getting stops. You know, one of the things we said at the end of the first quarter is like, yeah, the ball's going to fall. You just got to keep shooting. Don't worry about it. I thought we got good shots. I thought we did a great job of executing defensively what we wanted to do. We pushed the ball in transition. The ball just wasn't falling. You know, second quarter, uh, we did the exact same thing that we wanted to do defensively difference was the ball fell in the basket in the second quarter so you know one of the things that we've been trying to stress with our players is you can't let our offense dictate our defense our defense has to dictate everything so at the end of the day if we're not making baskets that's fine we cannot let up on that defensive end and i thought we did a great job of that
0: And defensively, what's the mindset going in? Natalie Kukowski did have 22 points, but other than the last game where they beat Holy Cross, they had five players in double digits. Balance has been tough to come by for this Lafayette College team. Natalie Kukowski, I think, leads the team in almost every single category, Coach. So what's the defensive mindset taking on
4: Lafayette College? Well, a kid like Natalie Kukowski, who's just a, a, a great player. Yeah. She really is. You got to try and limit her touches, you know? And then when you when she gets the ball, you got to try and make it uncomfortable for her. I thought she hit a lot of tough shots that the, some of the shots that she made, I felt were tough, you know? And, and you just got to tip your cap to her. I mean, because she's just that good. And, and, you know what? You got to do is you just got to make sure she doesn't touch the ball. If you can limit her touches, then you limit the amount of times she can hurt you.
0: And I thought you guys did a great job of not really letting the guards get everyone else involved. If you look at the assist-to-turnover
4: ratio, Mm 8 to 25, Coach, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I thought they struggle with pressure. We kind of talked about that. And, you know, again, I think, you know, there's two players on that team that I think get overlooked a lot. Drew Freeland and Olivia Martino. I think they're really strong players for them, I think. You know, the three of them with Natalie do a fantastic job. And I think as long as, you know, you don't allow two of those three players to go off, especially if all three go off, you're losing. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. But as long as two, as long as you can limit two of them, you're giving yourself a good opportunity night in, night out.
0: Rachel Thompson, we know what she's always going to do. Statistically, coach, another double double, 14 points and 10 rebounds. But. I don't know if you say gutsy performance even really summarizes what she did today against
4: Lafayette College. Not at all. I mean, the value that she brings to our program. Thing that I love about her, she represents our program. Our players do a fantastic job. Yeah. You know, I don't want to I don't want to trivialize or minimi- minimize what our, our other players bring to this program. There's no question. But she's the draw That stores everything, and so it's infectious. Her attitude, her passion, her her energy, and even her confidence. I think everyone's seeing how much we missed Rachel last year because let's be it's the same team. Adding Rachel, you know, she gives this team a, a confidence and a swag that we've lacked, and so she does it all for us.
0: I know we're only three games into the Patriot League schedule, Coach, but after last year, it's got to feel good to get a couple early wins under your belt. I would have to
4: think that does a lot for confidence. It does. I mean, you know, we I think we talked about starting off at Holy Cross and at American. Those are two very yeah. tough games to start off on the road with, um, given our history. And then you come in, and, and, and Lafayette, you know, is a strong team. They, they do a really good job. Mm-hmm. They just beat Holy Cross convincingly. And, okay, so now it's like, we're 2-1 after a tough stretch. and yeah. And you know what? Every game in this league, you know, the coaches in this league are fantastic. You know, the programs that they run are first class. And, and so every game that we're going to go in is going to be a dogfight. we got to understand that. And and I think, our, to our players' credit, they learned a lot from last year. They learned not, not to give up. They learned how to fight. And, you know, you take a look at the end of the season, we finished 3-3. Three three. You know, a lot of teams would have would have quit. Yeah. And those kids didn't. And and I think it's carried over to this season. And so as much as we say how much Rachel does help, those players deserve a ton of credit because they believed and they carried it over this year, and that's what you're seeing right now.
0: Yeah, and back to Lafayette, they had their first two Patriot League games at home, and now they find out how difficult it is to win on the road. So is that a key to having success in Patriot League play, do you think, Coach, is really defend home court during Patriot League games and try to steal some on the road as you guys did against
4: Holy Cross I I think absolutely we talked about my first year where you know we were seven and five at home and you know if you remember I said listen this we expect to win at home we expect to defend our home court we know it's going to be a battle don't misunderstand me I'm not saying any anything nothing's easy but we expect to win at home we expect to to protect our house and so um our players this year i mean we're four and one right now it's it's we're very comfortable at home you know and we and we shoot the ball particularly well at home so yeah if you can get a win on the road it makes life so much easier for you when you get back home because it it actually relieves a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Give us a little preview of what you expect from the mids on Saturday. Coach Pemper, she's first class. I mean, she her program is something to, to model. I think everyone always counts Navy out. I don't because she finds players and her staff does a great job finding players that fit their system. And to me, it doesn't matter who's in that locker room. When they're running Coach Steph's system, they run it and they run it fantastic. So I don't care who they have, I don't care who they've lost, you're going into a dogfight and you're going into a very well coached team. They run their system mm-hmm. exceptionally well. So we gotta be ready for movement, we gotta be ready for well conditioned, mentally tough. Navy team.
0: And unless I'm forgetting, Coach, I've been doing this for a little bit now, and I can't remember the last time there was a Patriot League doubleheader. Granted, you guys are playing different teams. You're playing Navy. The men are playing Lehigh, but definitely a different look this Saturday as you guys are
4: both home for a change, playing a doubleheader. Your thoughts on the doubleheader? It's going to be neat. Hopefully, we'll be able to draw some of that crowd from the men. We had a great crowd here today. I think we play a very exciting brand of basketball. I'm hoping the community and the people are, are sensing that and seeing that, and more importantly, I hope the community is seeing how hard our players are working, how, how gritty they are, how determined they are, how passionate they are. Hopefully we can get some of that crowd to come to our game early and uh, help us. That sixth person is so important for us. It really is. So I'm excited about it. I'm used to doubleheaders when I was in the, in the PSAC. So at home I don't mind them. I didn't like them on the road, but at home I don't mind them at all. Coach, great stuff. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, Eric. Appreciate it.
0: That is Colgate women's basketball coach Bill Cleary on the Raider Report podcast. Now we switch our attention on the Colgate Raider Report podcast for the first time in 2019 to Colgate Men's Lacrosse. I'm joined by new head coach Matt Carwick. And first of all, coach, what was it like in late July when it was announced that you were the new head coach of Colgate Men's Lacrosse? (laughs) <laughs> well, Eric, thanks, for that, first of all,
5: for having me on. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for me at the time was, you know, talking to my wife and trying to tell her, hey, we're about to move back cross-country to my, uh, you know, where I'm from in upstate New York. And uh, I got a three-and-a-half-year-old little boy, too. So the whirlwind of the, of the family environment
0: behind it was certainly the, the crazy excitement about starting something new in our lives. Obviously, being a head coach major honor, I'm sure it was a dream of yours, coach. But seeing that... How tough is it to leave a program like Notre Dame where you spent six years and you're of course a player there so sure. how tough is it to leave a program? Yeah sure you listen
5: you, everybody loves their alma mater you know there's no doubt about it and uh, and I had, a, I had an amazing time there. So many times in coaching you find yourself in a place where you feel comfortable and then you always get that itch to, to do the next thing and, and you know what's next in your life and your career and your professional development etc and this opportunity came up here at Colgate and I'm from upstate New York like I said and, and uh, my dad lives two hours away I've seen him more in the past two months than I've seen in the last ten years and uh, the opportunity to to come to a place that had you know an academic rigor here which i think is the perfect profile of an athlete that i love to to recruit to and certainly the ability for this place to to be great and, I, and i've always respected uh, the coaches that have been here before this program in general and and when the opportunity was
0: alive for me to come after i went after you know as hard as i could yeah so How important is it, do you think, coach, to come from a place where academics are at the forefront like Notre Dame, a great academic reputation, to go to another program that obviously stresses academics, although they want to win as well? Yeah, sure. There's no doubt. Listen, the the type of athletes that you
5: recruit when academics is important is the type of athlete that, and the person really that you want to be around. And I think that's such an important thing as, as you learn throughout the, your coaching career, the type of athletes that you're going to recruit, the ones that have a higher GPA and a better look in their academic profile tend to be better kids, frankly. And not that they're better, better as in like yeah. they're just good people, but they have kind of their minds right, right? They know what it's going to take to do the things that are required, both academically, athletically, and socially. And I think that when you recruit those type of athletes, it's a really important thing for your program to keep the culture of your program to how you want it to look. Meaning there's not a lot of, you know, off the field activities that are, you know, not exactly the way yeah, you want them in yeah. your program, et cetera. And, you know, the other thing is when, when the way that I want to play is, is certainly is that with an athletic physicalness, right. But, but certainly an athletic IQ. Yep. And I think when you have guys that are tend to be more intelligent anyways, you get a more intelligent IQ game. Meaning you, know, you can play things smarter. You can tell, th- you know, tell guys to do something on the backside of a defense they may not have never seen and to understand the game globally. Mm-hmm. When guys have the the mindset to do that academically as well, it tends to flow similarly um, athletically.
0: Have you been able to catch your breath at all, Coach? Tell the podcast <laughs> listeners out there a little bit what life has been like since you decided to come to Hamilton, New York.
5: Yeah, no, thanks a lot, man. L- listen, uh, like I said, I have my, my wife who who I have to give a, a second, if you don't mind, just to say thank you, and I love her so much for being so supportive in my life. And, and um, you know, as far as, like, to your point about taking a breath, you know, uh, I'm sitting here looking at my schedule right now, when we're going to lift and do film and practice and everything else. And we have most of it in, in stone, but frankly, you know, how to do it right. You know, this is my first time doing it. And I'm okay with talking about that. People want to, you know, maybe not want to yeah. talk about that, but I'm okay with it. I think, you know, the more transparent and real that I can be with my players and my administration, the people that I'm around about, this is my first time doing it and I'm excited about doing it. I want to do it right for, for my players and create a great experience for them, etc. you know. And sometimes those decisions take a little bit longer, you know, to, to think about what's right for them. You know, we changed one thing this year, I think, is to, you know, we're not practicing at 6 o'clock in the morning anymore. They used to do that before, and we're not going to lift at 6 o'clock in the morning. I just don't think it's healthy for student-athletes, and, and I had the opportunity to do that. And you sit back, and you really, truly think about what it was like to be a student-athlete. I mean, you know, it's like you, you, you sometimes as coaches, I think you forget that world and 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 what i've done and what our staff has done is is really take us a minute to sit back and say what's the best experience for these guys, right? Can we practice at this time in this way, right, with taking a particular day off in the middle of the week, for example, which we're going to do here in the spring, which I've never done before, right? But I know that it's going to be important, especially to your point earlier in your earlier question about the academic schedule, right, and what the rigors are of this place is. How can we create an environment for our guys that they can do great in all those areas? And as a coach, and to your point point about taking a breath is – yeah, let's take, let's sit back and really look at that world for them and design a schedule that makes them the best version of themselves, which is what we talk about all the time, you know? And then also, what's the best version for ourselves as a coaching staff? Because we've never been together either, you know? How can we challenge each other in the, in, the, in the office here? How can we have lives with our families at home that are involved with, with Colgate Athletics and our program and et cetera? So to make the whole thing kind of come as one has been, a, has been a, yeah, to your point, yeah, no, I haven't taken any breaths. Just like I've never taken a breath in that statement right there.
0: (laughs) Whether it be a coach or whether it be a banker, whether it be whatever profession it is, it sometimes is hard to take a step back and look at what's best because you get set to a routine so was it challenging at all to kind of take that step back and say you know should we practice at six o'clock should we do this i mean i think that's pretty impressive because you get stuck in that routine not just coaches and it's sometimes hard to break that
5: certainly especially when you've done it your one way your whole life or you've seen you know look at we, we were extremely successful at, at notre dame doing it in a particular way it's just not going to be the same here and i'm okay with that and it shouldn't be the same anywhere right every place has a particular you know way about them and guys have a way about them our culture of our team has a way about it that's completely different than what Notre Dame was and many of the places that our, our staff has been. And I think that, um, yeah, for me to be able to sit back and ask those questions, right, you know, that's the one thing that I we had such a great advantage of um, this year is there was a point in time where there was no coach here, right? There was yeah, when, yeah. when Mike left yep. and then when I came in, um, there was a, a month there that the administration and, and um, Dr. Nikki Moore and Reeve yep. and a lot of the administration did a great job of of keeping everybody involved in what the program is, including the senior class. And I think what happened was there was that absence of, of leadership, in, right, in general for as the head coach this team, which gave our senior class a really interesting boost of leadership ability and capability. And so what I have done and what we've done is we've asked them a lot of questions about what is it that you want this to look like this year, your last year, you know, yeah. and how does that feel? And in those... Those guys were, you know, they have all the ideas, right, of of how they wanted to look and feel, you know, matching that with our ideology and everything else. And I think when you ask them, it becomes their thing. And so much of what we talk about is ownership. Right, you own your own development. You, this is your last season, senior class. Right? Mm-hmm. How does that look? And not to put more pressure on it, but to have the realization of like this and let's yeah. make this what you want it to be because it hasn't been what you want it to be in the past couple of years. So what do you want it to look like and feel like? And what are the steps to be able to get there? And I think that, that you know taking a step back and actually listening a lot more than coming in in a different way. Right? There's two yeah. ways to do it. You come yep. in and listen, like I think yep. we've done a good job of, or you come in and say, "Listen up." It's my way or the highway, brother. You know what I mean? And that's just not my own style, and it's certainly not the way that I want to for these guys to understand who we are as a staff. We want to understand that, listen, it's their best version of themselves, not whatever we want them to look like. And that's really important for me.
0: And I would assume it's a process you can't rush getting to know the players, not only who they are, how they respond to this, maybe coaching style, but also from an X's and O standpoint, you can watch film and stuff. But until you see them in all kinds of certain situations, it's a process that it takes coaches a long time to kind of develop.
5: Yeah, Eric, that's you know I'm really glad you asked that question because that's what we've done this fall as best we could, you know. And I think that as a coach, you want to right, you want to put in yeah. all the things you've been thinking about for all the years, and this is this is the greatest strategy of all time. And but frankly, to your point you can't you don't know who i don't know who these fifty guys are i didn't know rather right when I came in in August, and so what we did as a staff was take our time to get to know them to show them our style, but to really to you know get to know them as people and to ask them questions and to say how how's your family life going what's going on there et cetera and I think when we've done that we've earned a little bit of their trust, right? And I think that's the thing that I think is most important to me. If we're going to ask them to do the things that we're going to ask them to do here in the spring, execute fundamentally, right? Execute tactically, then the only way to do that is to develop trust. And so that's what we did in the fall, I think, is best to our ability. And I know that our guys know that, that we love and care about them. And that was really important for me to let them know that. And, I, and, and so you can develop that relationship to ask them to, to do more things down the road, to challenge themselves, you know, to be better.
0: So, How's the roster looking this year, Coach? Obviously a roster you inherit, but just tell the podcast listeners out there that it's been a little while since they saw the lacrosse team take the field. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, remind them, what's the roster going to look like this year, Coach? Yeah,
5: listen, we and that was the other thing we did in the fall was not obviously get to know the guys, but certainly to, to watch their skill. And now you made a good question. You had a good um, point earlier about not, you know, putting them in a box right and i think that's what you were saying is like the, yeah. the idea that now there's a new coach and a new regime here and how does that look what is a guy that's who's a, a short stick d midi for example his whole life whether he was told that or he felt that or whatever it was he has the opportunity now to say i'm like what position are you you know and the guy looks at you and goes i'm a d mini i go yeah have you ever wanted to play offense and, well yeah i've always wanted to play offense coach Well, and they start going on these rants it's like well do whatever you want to do right now we'll figure out where you are and who you are so then we can use the pieces to put it together the way we think that give us the best chance to win in the future and and we did a I think we did a great job of letting our guys kind of go that way both long stick middies going down playing offense face off guys staying on the field you know like d middie or is a defenseman crossing the midline to, to clear the ball i mean all these things that are you know that's maybe not be the way that we're going to yeah, play yeah. exactly, but they tested their limits and allowed themselves to have the opportunity to be the players that they wanted to be or showcase it at least to our coaching staff to say, hey, you know what, Coach? I can guard a guy at 25 yards. Or, hey, Coach, I'm not a guy that does that, so I'm going to stay back in and do this a little bit more. So gave them the opportunity to do that a little bit more. But I'll I tell you what, too, to answer your last part of your question, we had an unbelievable fall. We did crazy amount of stick work. We did crazy amount of stick work, and we did crazy amount of strength training right and so i said to my to my staff who who also want to be you know who are also tacticians and want to get in this you know the rhythm of what we're going to do and everything else and when i told them i was like be very careful about doing too much of the tactical we're going to lose people if we're great at this skill piece now there's kind of two buckets the way my philosophy thinks is there's two buckets there's a tactical bucket and there's a skill bucket right how do you fill both of those by the end of the year you have a you know, you've invested a lot of time in each of those, and we invested so much in the skill bucket because it, to your point, it was allowing our guys to just showcase what they can and can do, and it'd be okay if they can't. let's just work on that, right? And so, so yeah, we, to your point of your guys question about who our guys are, we got a bunch of physical, athletic, skilled players who are dialed up and motivated to play and they can't wait to see what the tactical part looks like here in the future
0: talking to coach matt carwick here on the colgate raider report podcast coach what was it like putting a coaching staff together of course you were an assistant and now you're the one that has to assemble your own coaching staff what went into that
5: <laughs> that's 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 awesome. The, the funniest thing about that is is preparing your own interview to try to, you know, impress an athletic director and a staff of people to say to know that you can lead a program and then that happens, and you're so excited, and they go, okay, well, go find <laughs> go find people that also believe in you, and also believe these things, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that you can trust, and you know, I had my own list of guys, and certainly, you know, the first, you know, Chris Cooper, who I've known for a bunch of years, and met at the IMLCA convention through a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin McEwen, who coaches down at mm-hmm. Binghamton, and he was coaching down there for the last couple of years, he's, he's got a great resume behind him, coached at Princeton, and Dennison, and, and John Carroll, and he's one of those guys that just, that knows the game, can speak the game, understands it, he's got two kids who's an unbelievable father you know and and a, and a great husband and I think that one of the things that I love so much about him is he and I could talk till three o'clock in the morning about anything about the, a two-man game or, mm-hmm. or how much you know, uh, what's the what's a captain really right? And we actually had that conversation. Him, Chris, and, and me, Chris, John, and, and Nick, and I all had the, uh, that conversation about till three o'clock in the morning about what is a captain? Do we even need captains? Frankly, yeah. you know. And I think Chris threw that question out there like, should we even have captains? And that was a really funny question because. We all had the first opportunity to do this, right? This is our first opportunity to do this. Let's make it what we want it to be, what we've always wanted it to be. Yeah. You know, so those kind of conversations, Chris and I've had, and philosophically over the over the last couple of years about the shot clock, the dive. And all these different things. So he and I had a great relationship. And as soon as I got the job, you know, he sent me a text right away and okay. was like, you know, let's let's make this happen. And his, you know, his wife's family's from up here. Okay. Um, and he'd already, you know, like I said, he was working at Binghamton, so he knows the upstate New York area. He's a hell of a recruiter, just an amazing person. So I'm really proud to have him on staff. John Crawley, who you know was two-time captain at Johns Hopkins, played in the MLL, is now going to be playing in the PLL coming here in the future. Um, was it a volunteer with me at Notre Dame, and so I had I had an unbelievable year with him to get together to really to have those conversations of like, hey, what if we did this? Wouldn't it be kind of yeah. cool? And then we didn't always have the opportunity to do that. Out at Notre Dame, but we had those conversations to do that, and now we do, right? Yeah, Yeah. so we could. We had a chance a year in advance to not even know that we're having these conversations about what's going to happen here in the future at Colgate, when we were sitting out in South Bend. Just an unbelievable work ethic, character guy who, you know, reminds me honestly a lot of myself when I was younger. um, Just wants to get out there and shoot with the guys, right? Wants to put, you know, get out there and get his hands dirty and really teach people about the game and what it looks like and feels like and how do you actually dodge not that you dodge or how do you beat this guy but how do you dodge what's the technical footwork look like what's this hand work, work look like what's your chest and your head look like and feel like and and that that level of level of depth um in training and teaching has been vital especially since we've done that skill bucket like i talked about a little bit earlier so um and then and then you know, Nick Aquaviva was over at Cortland, coaching mm-hmm. coaching goalies, and, and just is, is an unbelievable. If you look at his resume, he's got an unbelievable resume of of how good he was as a player and a coach. And, and it's I tell you what, he's one of those guys that has a great sense about him about what it what be how to read people, and, and especially the goalie position. He's going to be coaching our goalies and running our box for the most part right now. Um, but certainly he's going to be taking a, a deeper level into the de- into the defense because he knows so much. He's like the goalie whisperer, you know. He's the guy that can look at a guy, a, a keeper, and read him. Both in recruiting, we were watching videos and see people on on, on the sidelines and things like that. But. But certainly, as we're in practice, we're, we're designating specific time to our keepers because I think sometimes in practice they get lost a little bit, right? So it's kind of like yeah. step in the net or do this or go do these goalie drills on the side. And, and we've designated him to work on their ability to both get the ball out quickly, what their stances look like, you know, how are we going to treat the dive this year, you know, some stuff like that that's going to be very specific to what goalies can do and can't do. And, and he, he does a great job, has a great philosophy of kind of kinda how to let goalies understand what it is that it lets, like, when you let a shot in, for example, yeah. it's not the same. A 10-yard shot with a guy in front of you and a screen you know, overhand from right in the middle of the field is not the same 10-yard shot. as a little bit angled off to the side. The guy's not hiding the stick very well. There is no screen in front of you, and it's pretty clear that he's going to shoot yeah. in a particular place. But if you look at it on the paper, you say, gives up 10-yarders. This is not the same. Yeah. And Nick is doing a really great job with our keepers right now of telling them and letting them understand that Listen, you don't, it's okay that the ball goes in the back of that net. Let's figure it out. Mm. Let's watch film on yourself. Let's think about that you know, in a, in a different way. And don't be afraid to ask the best shooters on our team to go out and shoot 150 balls on you in the next week. Because you know why? You're only going to get better. Yeah. Let's not hide yeah. from it. Let's just get better. Yeah. You know, And our guys have really taken to him and, and that vision of... of just getting better and not overthinking the fact that the ball's in the back and that we'll figure that out. Yeah. We'll get better at that.
0: And what's Colgate men's lacrosse doing right now to get ready for the season, the first game right around the corner, Coach?
5: Sure, yeah, first game. You know, we can talk about that because we talk about a lot of here in the office. Is, is Syracuse on February 8th up in the Dome, uh, 7 o'clock at night on a Friday.
0: A team you know? A
5: team, yeah. I've seen them for a bunch of years now for sure. And, and you know, I, I have so much respect for Coach Deskoe. Um, and his staff, and what they've done over the years, and who they are as people, anyways. He's been a he's been a great. Um, a mentor of mine let's say you know and and not so much of like I call him every week to find out what I you know what to know about yeah, but yeah, certainly yeah. just watching him and going against him as a coach and just and, and him being a fellow upstater. it's just you know it's one of those things that I just respect so much of what he has going on and I'm completely blessed to have the opportunity to go against him especially my first my first career uh, coaching um, competition here but right now we have you know where I'm looking at the clock we have about 4 weeks before that game starts and really our mission at this point is to get our guys back we have we have two days coming up we come back a week before and the school year starts we're gonna do two a days skill bucket in the beginning of the day tactical bucket at the end of the day right and it's the same kind of thing we're gonna lift classic stuff nothing yeah. too crazy to be honest with you our job right now is to slowly introduce what it is that's important at the beginning of the year a lot of people think it's six on six how do you get great at six on six Plus the defense and the offense um if you want to win at the beginning, or at least compete at the beginning of the year, you need to ride and clear. You just have to do it. If you don't do it, it's a nightmare. Because all the things you put in together to try to do that, you never even get there, right, because yeah. you can't clear the ball, right, or you don't yeah, know how yeah. to get the ball back in the ride, et cetera. So we're going to do a ton of riding and clearing coming up here in the beginning. Um, and the other pieces that we're, that we're really going to focus on, and, 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 and Jamie Monroe, who um, – was an old Denver coach who's been coaching his whole career. Um, used to run 3D lacrosse and is now doing the Jam uh, Jam 3 Academy stuff and 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 does a lot with coaches. He's been an inspiration to me, um, especially lately as I've started to kind of figure out what are the things that's important. To your point about like the skill bucket and the tactical bucket, yeah. where do you feel the? When do you fill those things? Right? And and he, what he talks a lot about, which I love, is about making pressure. Decisions, right? Putting people in, in moments where they mm-hmm. have to make decisions, and how do you, how do you um, handle the ball in those lights? Because anybody can play, pay, you know, pass and catch yeah. for skill bucket, right? But how do you do it within pressure? And the only way to compete at the end of games is to be able to a handle pressure or b give pressure, right? And so if you want to be in any game, you got to be able to ride, you got to be able to clear, and you got to be able to handle or give pressure to so be able to give the ball back, right, or get the ball back, yeah, yeah. or keep the ball at the end of games if you're winning. And so we're going to focus on those things, and if those can be the staples of what we do, and then slowly get better, you know what I mean, at our offense and defensive abilities, um, we're going to be, we're going to get there, right? And I think that's one of the things that I want to be very clear, you know, to our guys is, you know, I'm excited about. I'm going to play Syracuse. We're playing Binghamton down the road. We're playing Maryland, right? We got Hobart after that, and then we get into our our regular season, and that's when. That's yeah. when you gotta be great, right? I'd love to be great. Don't get me wrong. I wanna be, you know, the snot out of all these teams in the beginning. But really if you're if you're thinking about what it takes to get to the NCAA tournament to make a splash you gotta be great in your regular season and you've got to be great at the end. Right? So how do we prepare ourselves the best we can do it to do that? Mm-hmm. I think you gotta play the great teams. Right? I, I, we picked up Maryland a couple weeks ago yeah. and and our guys were ecstatic there you know I talked to our whole senior class over a break and they were all fired up about <laughs> it you know and, and if that gives them a little more drive to work a little bit harder over break when I don't have the ability to yeah. you know, to monitor that or think about that then that's fantastic you know I and, and just our guys are so excited about the opportunity to, to prove themselves and be great you know and I want them to understand that if we can develop and use our mindset to develop over time, then we're going to be great when
0: it, when it really counts you know. Matt, great stuff. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Welcome to you and your family to Hamilton, New York. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. That is Colgate men's head lacrosse coach, Matt Carwick, And that will wrap up the first Colgate Raider Report podcast of 2019.